Welcome back to the Caffeine Dreams podcast. I'm your host, Casey Arnold, and I started this podcast just to share the behind the scenes and lessons learned and my journey of being an entrepreneur for the first time, building my instant iced coffee company, Big Ass Ice Coffee, and then also talking to other women founders who have started their own companies and had interesting journeys to get there quick background since I haven't done a podcast episode in a long time. I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurial podcasts out there are men and (laughs) nothing against men, I suppose, but it's just, it's easier for me to relate to hearing a woman kind of juggling all the things that they want to do and how they came about their journey. I just feel like that voice isn't represented as much in the podcasting space. And I think it's really helpful to somebody who has an idea and might want to go after it or wants to know what all goes into building a business because it's different for everyone. So yeah, so I'm trying this new thing. I'm just going to podcast when I feel like it and when I have something important or exciting to share that I think would be interesting for people to hear as I'm continuing to build my own business and then um, talk to some other people that I meet along the way who are interested in sharing their story. And I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to roll. So if anyone is listening to this and you think it's terrible and you think I should edit more, let me know. But this is easier for me. So, okay, today... I'm thinking I'll talk about my Shark Tank journey, which started in July 2023 and ended. I I don't even know if it's ended because I was ghosted. (laughs) I suppose it ended September 2023 when they started filming the most recent season. I'm also going to talk about my co-manufacturing journey. So for the past two years, I have been renting space from my alma mater, Endicott College, which is conveniently right down the street. And I had a little lab there and I had four freeze dryers and I recently sold it all and moved and and embarking on a new production journey. So excited to share that. So, okay, starting off with the shark tank experience. So it's always been, I don't even want to say a goal, but it's been of interest to me to try and be on shark tank. I don't know if I ever will, but I definitely want to keep trying because I think it's such a cool concept for a show. And I learned a lot about what shark tank actually is and what expectations to have as a contestant through this process, which I'll share with you. But it's always been something that I've wanted to do. So I, since I started my instant iced coffee business in 2020, I have gone on to the Shark Tank's website and entered in, like filled out a digital application, which I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people do. And obviously I never got a call back or anyone reaching out to me. But once the pandemic kind of fizzled out and here we are in 2023, they announced that for the first time since the pandemic, they were doing in-person auditions. 
and it's free to go. It's first come first serve. You have to kind of line up. And I said to myself, I have to do this. Um, so last summer, um, there was one in the beginning of the year that was in LA and that just seemed a little too far for me. I live in Boston to invest in getting on a plane and going out to LA and trying to pitch when I, the odds are against me. Like I likely wouldn't follow through with it in terms of getting on air. So I kept waiting to see if a second round would come out for in-person auditions and one did in Maryland. So I live in Boston's Maryland's like, I don't know. I think it would be like a six hour drive, but I'm, I'm not a, a driving girl. No. So I looked at flights. It was like $150 round trip or something absurd, really cheap. And so I decided to go for it and I booked a hotel. It was in this very random town in Maryland that is not near the ocean or anything. It's not like a travel destination. And the auditions were at a community college. So I think, I wonder if by design they tried to make it a little bit hard to get to or kind of random and bizarre. So I rented a car. I flew in on a Thursday night after work because I work a full-time nine-to-five job in marketing and retail. And so after work, I flew in. I took Friday off and I got up really early. So I had to, the whole thing with the uh, Shark Tank auditions is you, there's no, you don't have to pre-apply to go to the auditions. It's open call. So you can just show up and Hopefully they'll see you, but it's not a guarantee. So you can start lining up as early as seven and they start 7am and they started handing out aud- audition wristbands and which basically has a number on it and gives you your place in line. They started handing out wristbands at, I think it was around 10am and then auditions started around 11am. So you cannot start lining up until 7 a.m. And it, at, at the community college, there was like a gate. You can't even enter the property. So no one could be camping out. So I got up early. All I, Honestly, the, this is so my style. But in terms of preparation, I didn't really prep that well. I, I mean, maybe I'm being hard on myself, but I... I had no idea what I was doing and I'm definitely not a numbers business person. And at first going into this, I was thinking, okay, watching Shark Tank, it's all about the numbers. You have to know how much you're asking for, what percentage of equity you're willing to give up and all the intricacies behind how much money you've put into the business and how much money you've earned. And I was getting like really hung up on that because I am definitely more of like a creative mind, less of a mathematical numbers gal. And so I 
was just asking around to my network of anyone they knew that was really good at that side who could kind of serve as the other half of my brain to help me prepare. And I only decided I was doing this like one to two, I think it was one and a half months, like six weeks before the actual Shark Tank audition. So, and I don't think they announced it much earlier than that. So I asked around to try and find somebody who knew a lot about evaluating businesses and pitching your business in this more monetary type way because I'd done pitch competitions before that were a lot more relaxed. So my dad actually connected me to someone in the Albany, New York area where I grew up who helps companies. He helps connects, connect companies with venture capitalist firms, I believe. And so he connected me with him. A lot of what he does is for banks or financial institutions or people coming up with money apps or anything in the financial industry. So he wasn't as familiar with CPG, but he was so helpful in just being really kind and patient and pressure testing. So I emailed back and forth with him. I never even talked to him on the phone. I emailed back and forth with him about the numbers that needed to be in my pitch and how much money I would need to give up for, you know, equity and how much somebody would need to invest in my company. So we wound up valuating my company at a million dollars, which is like a joke because to be fully transparent with you, if you're interested in me diving into the numbers and you're listening to this, let me know and maybe I can follow up and just deep dive on all of the numbers and how I got there. But I've, we've ended up valuating my company at a million dollars and I asked for, I said that I would give up a percentage of equity in exchange for, I believe I asked for a hundred thousand dollars or somewhere close to that and the pitch going into it and the whole frame of how I got to that valuation or, or how I wanted that much money is because I wanted to build out my own production facility so I've been producing big ass ice coffee on my own for the past three almost four years and so I wanted to move out of Endicott where I was renting space for the past two years and expand and get maybe up to 10 uh, large commercial freeze dryers that still were tabletop that I could run and produce my instant coffee and also hire somebody to come on and take over that production side. I kind of saw myself modeling my business off of a craft brewery um, where I would have a you know, a tap house type thing where people could come and see the innovation, but also see the production that I was doing and be able to buy that coffee. And so that's kind of what my business model was. It has since changed kind of drastically, but that's what I was thinking I wanted to be doing. That's, that was always my goal is to build this brewery type experience with big ass ice coffee, but I was also selling direct to consumer given I started in the pandemic. So We'll get back to that. So I wanted to buy 10 large freeze dryers 
and I wanted to hire somebody who would help me. And I factored in buying enough coffee grounds in order to sustain that. Keeping my packaging kind of the same and building out my online presence, investing in paid social media and an influencer strategy because I wanted to stay direct to consumer online and building out subscriptions, but I wanted to keep producing myself. So I flash forward to the morning of the Shark Tank open call. It was 7 a.m. Actually, I think around, I was 15 minute drive from the community college. That's where I was staying in my hotel. And I drove over to the community college, I think around, I think it was like 645 is when I got there and the gates were open. So I actually think I started lining up around like 655. I swung through a, I think it was honestly like a McDonald's because there was like nothing in this town, no Dunkin', nothing. And I didn't want to drink my coffee because I wanted to use it to present. And I was just kind of like honed in on that. So I got like a McDonald's coffee and I lined up and I was probably... There's already a line when I got there. So people clearly were lining up before seven. It was maybe like 640 when people probably started lining up, it seemed. But I wasn't too far back. I think I was. Maybe I'll look back, but I think I was like a hundred. I was around a hundred, I think, um, in line. And so I'm standing there with my wristband and started to kind of talk around the people around me and the people around me were pitching. One person was pitching a company where he makes more efficient heated floors and someone else was pitching some type of invention he created for sailing. And he was actually from near where I live in the North shore of mass. So I was thinking to myself, okay, this is, I feel like mine is more interesting. That's really mean to say, but those are more manufacturing type (laughs) B to B because the heated floors were selling to contractors to be able to put them in homes. Like the end user doesn't really know that much about the heated flooring. And so selling to contractors and then the sailboat, guy was just talking to kind of commercial sailors and charters. So I was like, okay, I think mine is a little bit more sexy. I think I might have this in the bag. So I had started really rehearsing and writing my pitch. Honestly, I started hardcore the night before because I, again, work full-time job and it takes up definitely over 40 hours a week. So And I was producing coffee to be able to sell. So I really didn't have that much time. And that's how I do things. I kind of cram. So I felt okay about it. And I was just like, I'm just going to wing it. And if anything, it was a fun experience. And so at 
like 9.50, the Shark Tank team showed up. So they were supposed to start handing out wristbands at 10, but they didn't get there until like 9.50. So there was like five casting directors that came. Everyone was clapping. They're wearing their Shark Tank t-shirts. And it was really exciting. The whole standing in line was like very interesting. It kind of flew by, even though we were standing there. So we got, I lined up again, like, around 6.50, whatever, 6.55, and we had to stand there until 10. So it was luckily in July in Maryland, it wasn't too hot. Um, it was definitely warm, but it wasn't, it wasn't, the elements weren't crazy, so it was fine, but I just kind of stood there chatting. There was, I was just really observing different people, like people were pulling out all the stops. Somebody had a donkey. I have no idea what, like livestock, what they were doing. I was actually trying not to talk to people because I didn't want to get thrown off of my groove and what my pitch was. People were definitely trying to talk to each other and be like, how are you phrasing this? And I was just trying to not get involved in that. But there were, you know, people fighting in line because somebody was like talking a little too loud for somebody else. And um, people had like just really crazy props. So you could bring props. I decided to only bring a, my big ass ice coffee tumbler with all three flavors of big ass ice coffee, caramel dream, something pumpkin and the original black. And I had water in the tumbler to be able to melt it. And that's it. I really didn't bring anything else. I think I brought like a few stickers, but I didn't go crazy on the props. So once we, at, they handed out the wristbands at like 10, 10 05 ish, I got a wristband of so happy. And they said, you can, you know, go back to your hotel. Um, if you want, we're going to start seeing people around 11 or you can come in here. Um, we have like concession that you can purchase like food and coffee and things like that. But otherwise you'll just be sitting in this cafeteria until we call your groups up. And the groups were divided by the numbers that were on your wristband. So I kind of calculated that I had probably an hour and a half to two hours before I was going to pitch and I just decided to stick it out and not go back home. So we're back to my hotel. So we went into this lovely air conditioned cafeteria of this community college and they walked through the casting directors were so nice. I have to say like, I'm not even just saying that, but really nice. The whole thing was very like chill vibes. Like it was I, I suppose it was well-oiled enough, but it was not complicated or intimidating or scary. They did give everyone a packet to fill out. It was like a 20-page packet. <laughs> and it was basically like a waiver filling out, you know. Honestly, it was a full NDA. Like you, it said that you couldn't share anything from this point forward about your Shark Tank experience or you wouldn't be able to film likely you could be disqualified and you weren't able to talk about it 
you weren't able to talk about whether you went to the next round or not on social media and things like that because they want the sharks to be truly surprised about who comes in front of them in the tank. So I talked a lot about that process and answered a lot of questions. If anyone has any specific questions who might be listening to this, let me know and I'll do a follow-up. So we kind of sat there and they said, you'll have one minute to pitch, which we knew. And then you will leave and you might hear from us. You might not. They told us what the area code was that we would hear from them if we were to get a call. And that was that. They just said, you'll hear from us in probably a week or so. And if not, sorry, but keep coming back. Keep trying. Yeah, it was very interesting. So after that point, I was sitting there and a woman started talking to me and she told me that she actually had made it all the way through the shark tank process, filming process. And I thought this was interesting to share on here um, because I just learned so much about this experience that I didn't know. And now I look at the show differently, not in a negative way, just differently. She said that she um, made it all the way through for her business. Um, She went to an open call five years ago and was all the way through was filmed in LA and she they never aired her episode so she got a call and they said you know thank you for going through the process and everything but we won't be airing your uh, episode which I guess they do give you the expectation that that will happen so she was just telling me that you could make it all the way through and not even get on air, which I thought was very interesting. She also said that a lot of the people who filmed during her season, again, this was five years ago, but she said that some of them got deals and the deals either didn't go through all the way once legal got involved and they went through the final process off air or um, the deal like changed in a crazy way because you go on the show. This is when my expectations completely changed. You go on the show to get exposure and get the awareness for your product and hopefully the sales and the ability to be able to say you were on Shark Tank. And it's the whole production of it all. You don't go on the show to get a deal. I mean, you can get a deal and it might be helpful, but a lot of the times the deal that you get offered on Shark Tank is not as good as just going to the bank and taking out a loan (laughs) or doing some fundraising with somebody who can be, who has the bandwidth to be more intimately involved in filling the gaps that you need to grow your company. So I thought that was fascinating. And I was like shook by that because at first I was like, I just want a shark to help me grow my company and like I need their mentorship. But there's so many people out there that are not on Shark Tank, the show that can have more bandwidth and would be able to help you. So just having that expectation of that it's a production you're going on for the visibility and the opportunity to have awareness for your company. So I thought that was very fascinating. So time came for me to go into the room. I was honestly like, I was nervous, but I wasn't that nervous because I did had no expectations. I was like, probably nothing is going to happen from this. So at least I'm betting on myself and doing this while I can. 
So I went in, my casting director was the sweetest, kindest human being on planet earth. She was so sweet and like gentle and calm and just very young seeming. So she said, you know, go for it whenever you're ready. I handed her my a couple of spare bags that I brought and I did my pitch. I'm like debating. I ha- So I did film my pitch a couple times and I don't know if I want to post it because it's low-key so embarrassing, but maybe I will. Let me know if you want to see it. So I did my one minute pitch. I definitely went over a minute, but it was really relaxed. And I, I demoed my product and I tried to bring high energy. So once that woman honestly told me sitting down that it's more for the production and awareness and they're creating a TV show, they're not, you know, they're not like a bank that is like truly looking to invest in your company. These are the casting directors. They're looking to cast somebody who would make interesting television So she told me that right before I went in and I just kind of changed my pitch a little bit. I just got a little less stressed about the numbers and I barely talked about the numbers. It's a requirement that you have to talk about how much money you're seeking and for what percentage of equity. So I did start my pitch off with that, but for the most part, I put on a show like I was loud and I used my hands and I was very... I don't know, theater girly, which I'm not, but I just did that just because I learned right before going in that that's what they were wanting. And the woman was like, this is such a cool idea. She asked me a couple of questions Her questions. I was thinking again, before going in that I was going to get grilled on the numbers. I was very stressed, but I dreamed about numbers like all night. And when the woman right before I went in, the other contestant told me that I just really relaxed. And she didn't ask me one question about numbers. She was like, how do you, you know, what does a freeze dryer look like? And just asked me like kind of silly, unimportant questions. And then we left and I went home and everything. There's more that I was thinking about sharing the whole experience of going to Maryland by myself in the middle of nowhere and just betting on myself and doing this whole pitch was really like a healing soul searching experience. It sounds really funny because it's like I was there for less than 24 hours and it was like the middle of nowhere and it's not like anything that crazy happened to me. But I went to a brewery by myself and I was wearing my big ass ice coffee sweatshirt and I met these people at a bar and like made friends and they follow me on social media now and like have been following up with me asking how the shark tank experience went. And I, you know, they ordered coffee for their family for the holidays. And now I have like these friends that I just met at a random brewery in the middle of freaking Maryland. And so the whole thing though was great. And it just made me proud, honestly, to just that I am doing this and embedding on myself and I don't need anyone else to help me or be there. So anyways, I got home and two weeks later, I think it was like a week and a half. I got a call from said number that I like the area code that they told me I should expect. And I answered, it was the same casting director that I had talked to who I'd pitched to one minute at the 
in Maryland. And she said, you know, congratulations. I loved your pitch. It was great. And she explained to me, you know, the way this process works is the casting directors are there. They listen to your pitch. They go home and they, to the production, I don't know that I'm probably messing up the titles and the names, but the people who really own the show, the the executives, casting executives, I guess, we pitch on your behalf our top favorites. Like she didn't give me a number, but the ones that stood out to us from our LA and our Maryland, and they did, I think, one more somewhere else in the country, open call. From these open calls, we say our favorites and we basically argue on your behalf that you should be on the show. And um, from there, uh, the executives, they say, okay, like you won me over. I want to learn more about this business. And then the casting director calls me. So this woman was calling me and asked me to make a 10 minute video about hitting all these different points, several, several points. Again, I could do another video about this if anyone's interested, but it's a 10 minute video. And you also have to fill out a shit ton of paperwork. Like when I am telling you, it took me 14 hours to do this paperwork. And I only had a, I only had seven days to do it. So, and if I didn't send all this in by the seven days and I was just like out of the running. And I also had to send several samples and get it there in time before the seven days. So the first thing I did was get the samples together, which was kind of hard for me because I, if you've listened to me talk about my company before, it is really hard to self-produce. So I can't even, I, I don't, I can't even go down the path, but it takes me a really long time to produce bags of coffee and to not sell it and send it somewhere for free is like, it feels like I'm sending gold for free. So I produced the, the coffee they needed. It was worth it. Well worth it. And I shipped that off. And then I, every morning at 6am would go to a local coffee shop before work and before my day job. And I would work on this paperwork and it asked you every question, like full background, like manual question, background search on, you know, where you went to school, like every place you've ever worked in your whole life, like everywhere you've ever lived in your whole life, like just so much, so much uh, all about your company, um, your goals and your aspirations for your company, fill all that out and submit it. There's two different types of paperwork that I had to fill out. Um, all digitally online. And then um, I needed to create the video. So I had a friend come and basically film the video. I acted and act like I acted out what discovering and finding Big Ass Lace Coffee was. And I took it over to my lab and I showed them where I produce everything. And I talked about, you know, how small I am right now, but how big, how fast I sell out and how big my demand is and how big my wait list is and how I envision growing. And then I actually reached out to somebody at work at my day job, my retail company that I work for. And I asked a video editor if they could help me. And they're 
fully willing to do it and I'm so grateful and they charged me I can't remember it was like I don't know around a hundred or a little less than a hundred dollars to edit my video on iPhone they told me how to shoot it on an iPhone what the settings were and then edited the video for me pretty simply and I sent that off so I sent everything off and then crickets still to this day I've heard nothing literally nothing so lo and behold you know I follow some of the casting directors um I sent a couple follow-up emails got auto responses of nothing so obviously I didn't make it but I don't know why and that's such a bummer but I'm going to keep trying and keep doing it and honestly even talking about this might disqualify me but that's fine like it's just fun and I think that it doesn't have to be that serious so that is my shark tank experience and probably a disorganized way of telling you but if you have any thoughts or questions let me know and I'll follow up I was going to talk about Coman and the free refill. I'll do a quick Coman recap and then the next episode I'll dive deeper into this. But I am officially moved out of Endicott, which is really a huge deal. I sold all of my freeze dryers except for one. One is broken and is a pain in my ass. And my boyfriend is a literal saint angel like he's put up with so much shit but he moved it for me back from Endicott here and we cleared room in a closet and it's a whole thing I can't even talk about it I had a literal mental breakdown about this whole thing because it was so stressful and difficult but regardless we moved out of Endicott I am no longer producing big ass ice coffee I hired a consulting company for CPG startups called JPG. It was cost me three grand and I got access. I think it was like six to eight sessions with a coach who works for JPG and a founder who's gone through the same process that I've gone through, which was honestly really helpful. Was it worth three grand? I don't know. But I learn from talking to people, not from like reading and blindly doing things. So um, it was really helpful to talk things out and they did help me get on this path. I don't know if it was worth the money, but it helped me. So I'm just moving on from the cost. (laughs) Clearly I'm not over it. And basically what they led me to do is find a freeze drying manufacturing facility. I have found one in New Jersey and I am now trying to find somebody who will make the cough, the liquid coffee and ship it or deliver it to the freeze drying facility and the freeze drying facility will freeze dry it and package it for me and then ship it back to me or I'll drive and get it. And then I will do the distribution from there for now. So right now I am trying really hard to identify who can make the coffee for me, the liquid coffee. 
And it's a journey. It's really hard. I think everyone is stealing my idea, which is fine because it's not proprietary really. But just talking to all these people who own coffee companies and make cold brew or coffee concentrate that I need in order to send that as the ingredient to the freeze drying facility. They're like sharks. They're like, oh, well, how they're asking intricate questions about the ins and outs of the business and I have them sign NDAs but it's not proprietary so like anyone can make instant coffee and it's kind of scary and hard and I don't know that much about coffee like I know a little bit to be dangerous enough to own an instant iced coffee company obviously and not be using shitty coffee but I don't know these different things that these people do that I'm working with And so it's a little intimidating, but slowly but surely getting there, I have a goal to produce my first successful test batch by May. We're working on it. So I can give more deep dive on this process, but it's going to completely change the entire company. The packaging will be bigger. The coffee will be the same, but it will be more efficient and I can get like 10,000 units at one time instead of 10 a week I can do 10,000 in one day really and then get that shipped to me and then sell through that bring it to wholesalers do subscription models and eventually make it my full-time job hopefully so stay tuned if you have any specific questions about that and you happen to be listening to this let me know and I'll cover it in another episode The biggest challenge right now, which is leading into my free refill. So free refill of the week, month slash year, because who knows how often I'm doing this. Uh, But I am going with the flow in my entrepreneurial journey for this year. 2024, my word is easy and go with the flow. I think this year is going to be like one of the hardest years ever because my full-time job is really exciting and but also a lot of work and big ass iced coffee is going to be a lot of work to get through this co-manufacturing process which I've never done before I'm really excited about it but it's really hard and I don't know what I'm doing so I am going to just balance both as best as I possibly can and just keep an easy mind and attitude um do what needs to be done in front of me and just, you know, know that the universe is carrying me and I'm just going with the flow. That's my vibe. So I would say that if you're starting to get really stressed out about your business that you started, which is going to happen because it's really hard to start a company. It's so hard. And if you're getting really stressed out and overwhelmed, balancing a full-time job at the same time, that is teaching you the skills you need to go out on your own and paying your bills. Just take a minute, chill, and delegate or remove anything that is like causing you stress on your plate. Like for example, I was stressing out so much that I needed to figure out this like cough middleman coffee making person. And I'm not stressing about it anymore. I'm doing a little bit each week. Some weeks I don't work on Big Ass Ice Coffee at all, but I am trying and moving forward. I'm progressing 
as much as I possibly can right now. And I'm also learning so much from my full-time job. So that is going to help me in the future. So it's not like I'm sitting on my hands doing nothing in terms of my goal of building big ass ice coffee, but don't be so hard on yourself. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And just like stress less, try because it should be fun to build a company and it's not. (laughs) But if you can find joy in it by removing something that is like really stressing you out, if you're girl bossing like too fucking hard, then do less and just progress. That rhymed, but progress as quick or as slow as you possibly can in that time and it's all gonna work out so that's that thank you for listening to caffeine dreams and talk to you soon